This is episode 269, the last episode of 2018 of the official GunnaGeek.com show. This week, we talk about Samsung holograms, a newfound space object, Google predicting the future, and NVIDIA making fake humans. We also run down the highlights and lowlights of our 2018. Plus, if you wait around for it, you might even get a glimpse at some of the fun that we have post-show when we record live. This and more in this week's episode. I'm Michelle from the Starling Tribune, a proud member of the Gundig Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Here we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven. But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gunna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy! Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show. Welcome to episode 269 of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. Merry Christmas. I am Stephen John Drew, and of course we have with us none other than Chris Farrell. Oh, oh, oh. We're pleased to say also that he doesn't have his beard this year, but it is our Santa Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to the end of 2018. It's crazy. I can't believe we're already here at the end of 2018. For those of you who have missed that the last couple of weeks, this is the last episode of 2018. We will return, though, in a couple of weeks' time. The week of January 7th through 10th will be the first week we have a uh, Gunna Geek show again. So, yes, we know this one's early. We get that. Totally understand. But that is what it is just because of the fact that... Uh, I, I just want to relax over my winter holidays. And it's crazy enough without having to continue to put on my makeup that I put on for SP and Chris each week. That's with Thank makeup. God for the makeup because if it wasn't for the makeup then I'd throw <sighs> up every week. Uh, I almost do. Alright, so I do want to go ahead and start us off with something since it's our Christmas episode. Let's go ahead and start off with a Christmas question. For those of you who may have missed the last episode or some of the previous things that we've talked about, we have a wonderful show on the network called Dad.io. Dad.io is a couple of dads, and they talk about all sorts of techy, geeky things and how it relates to them being dads. Well, in the most recent episode, their last of the year, they specifically had a question for yours truly, Stephen John Drew. So I have a answer for the question, but so that we can all be on the same page, let's go ahead and listen to what the said question was. This was at the very tail end, like the last portion of their podcast. And you can check out our website at datiopodcast.com and all of our other contact information is on there as well. It's late. It is. I, I, th I think we're both ready to go to bed. So we are. Um, all right. Well, we've uh, we've had a wonderful year. Come back and join us next year for this week on the Dad.io podcast. And for this year on the Dad.io podcast, I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. Have a wonderful year. Canada, but Stephen, you have a, a happy Canadian Christmas 
with the Canadian New Year, right? With Canadian New Year. I don't, I don't, is that, do they still do New Year? Is it like a normal New Year? I don't want to insult the Canadians. I don't know. Do they have Santa Claus in Canada? Steven, message me on the Discord server. I need to know about Canadian Christmas. I want to know if it's the same. I've, I've only, my, my whole un cultural understanding of Canada comes from South Park, and I don't know <laughs> how accurate that is. Okay, I've never seen the flappy head things, right? I just, I, I just need to understand. I just want to make sure that I'm being culturally appropriate uh, to your, to your people. So reach out to me and let me know. <laughs> I want to know about Canadian Christmas. What are the traditions for Canadian Christmas? I feel like it's, it's probably similar, right? Yeah, I think that's it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might not be on the Gonna Geek Network. <laughs> All right. So first off, I got to say it's an honor to have been an hour or a minute and 30 seconds of your show dedicated to me and Canadian Christmas. So thank you very much for that. Dad.io, there are a lot of fun people and they're constantly talking in the Discord server. So if you have not checked that out, gonnageek.com slash Discord. It's a lot of fun. So... I will answer the question, and of course, I'm going to do it here, not on the Discord, because you know what? I like to try to promote our stuff, so I'm just going to go ahead and do that, and I'll kick that off right now. Yes, we do have Santa, and he wears a toque. If you don't know what a toque is, go ahead and Google that. Instead How do of, I spell it? You, How do you spell T-O-Q-U-E? Uh, if you want to also know, Santa does get traveled through the sky through magic and an animal, but it is not reindeer, no. It is moose, so he has many meese. We actually don't leave Santa out cookies up here in Canada. No, we leave him out poutine. So that's how we do here in Canada. Yeah, I mean, that's any guest gets poutine. Yeah. We all know that stockings is often associated with the wonderful time of Christmas. We don't do that. We just hang up long johns. That's what we do up in Canada. Dirty or clean? Uh, preferably dirty. That's the, really the standard. Mm. But if you only have clean, it is what it is. Instead of everybody giving each other gifts for Christmas, what we do instead is give apologies. That's what we do up here in Christmas. What makes that any different than any other day? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, we actually do have Christmas carols up here, but they are a little bit different. For example, it's, it's sort of a Christmas song, and let me just try. It goes, Grandma got run over by a reindeer, but it's okay because we have free health care. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> Like you didn't have reindeer, you just explained that it was moose. It, was it wasn't moose. Yeah, yeah, reindeer. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the American Santa. It was weird cross stream. Like it was bizarre. It was a really weird Hallmark I movie. I thought the wall prevented Santa from going in between Canada and the United States. Fair enough. And regarding the New Year's, yes, we do celebrate New Year's, albeit it's pretty similar, but generally it's like the second or the third uh, because it's legal up here now. And that's so, when we usually realize that it's. It's New wait, Year's. Wait a minute. So I'm I'm a bit confused. So is this a, a a calendar Julian calendar New Year? Is this like a Chinese New Year? I mean, what kind of New Year is it that's not on New Year's? Well, like I said, it's legal up here now, and you can't oh, define a calendar, I man. See. Yeah, you okay, can't define okay. a calendar. You just can't do it. Why got to put everything in a box? Or or people toke it up so much that they lose. Old days. No, no, it's to get up. <laughs> exactly. To get up. <laughs> to get up. So there you go. There's your answer. If you haven't checked out Dad.io, check them out. It's, they're on the Gunna Geek Network. And Dad.io, I hope that you enjoyed my answers and that you now know a little bit more 
about my culture. Or as Willie calls it, the Daddy-O podcast. <laughs> you know what? The Daddy-O podcast, I like it. I like it. I it's, like it too. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So Daddy-O. let's go ahead and move on to the news. Here we go. All right, we'll start off with my news point today. And the reason we're going to start off with my news point is because it's odd. It's very, very odd. What it is, is that Samsung has allegedly put a patent in for a hologram device. That's right. Spotted by Let's Go Digital, a patent published at the end of November has described in detail how a 3D image could be projected from a Samsung smartphone device. The patent was filed at the start of the year and talks uh, about a relay lens on the front of the display that is made up of several micro lenses. These in combination with a spatial light modulator known as an SLM ensures that the hologram pattern will be made accurately after which it's projected as a beam of light out of the display. Now, the best part about this is that Photoshoppers everywhere across the various blogs are all doing the same Photoshop. They're taking Princess Leia and slapping her on top of an S9 because this is rumored for the S10. I don't know if I believe it. I personally think that is a little bit odd, but hey, you know what? Uh, I guess I, I'm not in the hip know of what's cool with things. So maybe maybe I'm just out of this one. Is it because it's legal up there now that you're out of it? That's possible too. Very possible. Okay. Steven's busy tuking it up. <laughs> I'm okay with Leah being photoshopped because... Did you say Leah? Yep. You said Leah. Okay, fair enough. I did. I did. And I'm okay with her being photoshopped because I, I, I think that's a good homage, whether that's you know a company branding on it or not. I... I give extra credit to those photoshoppers for doing this. It's, it's good. Now, whether or not this actually exists, we have seen patents for 13 lens cameras. Yes, so that's true. If it, or 16 lens cameras, excuse me. So, you know, if, if it takes just a few more cameras in order to go ahead and do this, that I, I can see it happening. Uh, Chris Farrell, will you project my hologram? Uh, of course I will, but I do think that Tony Stark is going to sue these guys because it sounds like Stark Tech out of Iron Man three and Iron Man two when he just throws holograms up as a and all that kind of stuff. I even did the voice sound you effects did. for you guys there. I'll just go ahead and I'll self censor, but I know exactly what the first uh, hologram that Chris is going to send me is going to be. It's going to be that one right there. That's what it's going to be. No, it wasn't. So, Chris, is your favorite hologram be. dummy or you? It's dummy. <laughs> dummy. Okay. All right. Well, Chris Farrell, we look forward to you projecting this show through hologram on future Samsung device phones. You said you're going to take on the initiative to make that happen, right? Yes, of course. I'm going to be all about an initiative that's probably not going to pan out to be anything close to what we expect. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to our next news point here. Uh, what is going on with this newfound object that you're speaking of? Is this from Newfoundland? Is that what it is? It's from the, it's because it's legal up there. It's far out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he opened the door. I just walked right through. 
All so, right, tell me about this while yeah, you're not sitting is, there and, uh, you know, uh, being jealous uh, of our country. How could I possibly be jealous with a country that has a mean temperature that's at least 25 degrees below where I am? Okay. I think that our I, temperature is quite polite. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said, so I'm just going to go <laughs> on with this news point that I heard. This is exciting news, guys. So a newfound, not Newfoundland, a newfound object is found and it is the farthest solar system body ever spotted and it's called Far Out. And here's the details. A research team, including members from the University of Hawaii, Northern Arizona University, and the Carnegie Institution for Science in Washington, D.C., have discovered an object that is the most distant body ever observed in the solar system. And it's the first object ever found orbiting at more than 100 times the distance between the Earth to the Sun. Now, the Discovery team nicknamed the object Far Out, and its provisional designation from the International Astronomical Union is 2018 VG18. So we're just going to call it Far Out because I'm not going to say 2018 VG18 for the rest of this news story. Could we maybe pretend that we're like, you know, sort of Southern? You know how they throw er on that end of everything? We just call it Vizier? Vizier? Yeah. Oh, 2018 Vizier 18? Vizier 18? No. I'm going to use far out. Oh. So we, we don't know how much about far out. We don't know that much about far out. Aside from its approximate diameter, which is about 500 kilometers across, its color, which is pinkish, and its orbital period, which is over 1,000 years. Now, far out is 120 astronomical units or AUs from the sun. And as a reminder, one AU is the distance between the Earth and the Sun, which is about 93 million miles, or for you Canadians, 150 million kilometers. The object is more than 3.5 times the current distance between Pluto and the Sun, which is currently at 34 AU, and it outpaces the previous farthest known solar system object, which is the dwarf planet Iris, or Eris, which is currently 96 AUs from the Sun. And as a reminder, if you haven't caught this in the news, NASA's Voyager 2 spacecraft recently entered interstellar space, and it was about 120 AUs, leaving the sun's quote-unquote sphere of influence, and that is called the heliopods, where the bodies experience solar wind, so it's beyond the solar wind of the sun. Now, the record far out now holds is for the most distant solar system body ever observed. That doesn't mean that there are no other objects that get farther away from the sun. In fact, we know that some do. The dwarf planet Sedna gets more than 900 AUs away on its highly elliptical orbit, which is a ellipse around the sun versus a circle. And there are probably trillions of comets in the Oort cloud, which lies between 5,000 AU and 100,000 AU from the sun. So the research team is actually scoping out these ultra-distant objects, like Far Out, to search for the gravitational influence of a theorized super-Earth-sized Planet 9, which is also called Planet X or Planet 10, whatever you want to call it, that researchers have posited orbits the extreme reaches, reaches of the solar system. So guys, this is exciting. We've actually found something that is 100 AU from the Earth, and we are looking for this mysterious planet 10. Whoa, far out, man. 
Is that where Deputy Director Suncast's new office is? <laughs> no, you know, he, as we previously discussed, it's on the moon because that's where we stashed all the money. So he had to go up to the moon to get it. Story check. I out. didn't know. I didn't know if he got in trouble or something. And you guys banished him a little further out for some uh, some cold duty. He has put in a proposal to go after Voyager Two because he's concerned it will be called V'ger from Star Trek. It's a fair concern. Then we'd have to live that crappy movie. I'm just. I'm, I, I understand. I'm movie. just trying to understand why you said it was crappy. It's like the best movie ever. It's you know terrible. Okay, so you know how we say without no encounter at Farpoint, we wouldn't have gotten uh, the, the the last episode. I disagree with that logic, but that's all, fine. All good thing, all good things. Well, I mean, if you don't have the first episode, you're not going to get the last episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, but that's like saying that Wing is responsible for your segment that you do on this show because he was on this show first. It doesn't. The logic doesn't no, track. No. No, it's not responsible. It's without Wing, I would have never have been on the Gunna Geek show. Therefore, I wouldn't have been able to do the. He's not responsible. It was just no. a sequence of events. No, because if Wing wasn't on the show, I would have had you on right from the beginning. See? And you would have gotten these great segments earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, moral of this story the motion picture sucks. Moving on to the next. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. No, we're going to pull it back. I'm going to finish my point. Without Star Trek the motion picture, you do not get Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. It doesn't matter. You could have had a better movie. But that's. <laughs> you mean where the studio course corrected hard because they realized the first movie was not good and took Gene Roddenberry's writing away from him? <laughs> Did they really course correct? They just went forward. They didn't course correct. It's still they canon. They course corrected in regards to tone of the movie and things like that. Let's go so. ahead and uh, follow his logic here, by the way. Uh, hey, SP, without the Wrath of Khan, you wouldn't have Star Trek Discovery. I don't <laughs> agree with All that did was logic. There, there is no direct correlation between the two. I, I don't know. No. no. No, it's the way it Does, is. Doesn't the Discovery path. happen before Star Trek 2? Doesn't matter, it's made after. You follow the path. You follow the path. Because if the Wrath of nah, Khan if the Wrath of Khan didn't happen and wasn't a success, the whole franchise would have died. So I'm sorry, but you're wrong. My head hurts. <laughs> All right, let's just go on to the next news point here, which is about Google. Chris Farrell, you said that Google's predicting the future now, right? Like it's gonna give out lotto numbers. Is that what I heard? Not quite the same thing, but we are in the holiday season. This is the Christmas edition of the Gunna Geek Show. There's a lot of folks that are going to be traveling for Christmas via, via airlines, rather. They could be traveling right now, but here's something cool for you to keep in mind. Google is rolling out a new feature for the Google Assistant to give you a better idea of whether your flight might be delayed. The company already shares these predictions through Google Flights, but soon the Assistant will be updated so you can say, Hey, G word, because I don't want to trigger it. Is my flight on time? Or also something like, what's the status of the American Airlines flight from Philadelphia to Denver? I'm going to try that. I, I don't believe you, by the way. Hey, Gunna Geek. It's not working. Oh, I see what you did there. So how does Google do this? They use a combination of machine learning and historical flight status data to make the prediction. And they say it can be about 85% their confidence rate. You'll get a reason for the delay, like the incoming flight's late or there's something on the runway or they got redirected so this is something interesting now there are other services out there that send actual flight delay notifications 
However, they're not doing predictions like Google is going to do. So for example, Apple will send a push notification if you have a digital boarding pass in your wallet. Most airline carriers send them through their own apps or email, text message, or phone calls. The difference here though is Google's approach predicts these delays before the airlines even announce them. So this could potentially save you time and prevent you from having to download other apps to let you know if your plane is going to arrive on time. So if this works, it's really cool. It's another extension of the things Google has done with machine learning and data mining the hell out of things. And if they can predict correctly, that's really neat. Now, that being said, you might want to have multiple sources to check. If Google gives you a predicted notification, you might want to check via your email that your airline doesn't send you something a little bit later, but it can help ease some of your flight anxiety for where the hell's my plane? I'm supposed to get out of here. I thought it was cool. No, I agree. I think that it makes a little sense because a lot of these delays are because of connections, right? And the mm -hmm. airlines typically don't announce them until it's a little bit closer. So like if the AI can do the math and sort of backtrack, I think it makes a ton of sense. With that said, I do, however, think that um, it's going to be almost other than your knowledge, useless information because the airline won't do anything until it's been announced. So I think that you, like it's great for you to have that. You can plan. You can be the one that's camping right near that kiosk but they're not going to probably help you until they've announced it. Probably not. I'm still going to use FlightAware. I would too. I, like I said, I would have multiple ways because I don't know about you guys. When I was back in my traveling days for work and stuff like that, I didn't have great flight anxiety, but I had some of being like, okay, I've got to be at the airport at this time because the flight's supposed to leave here, here, and here. I would have liked having these notifications. Hey, your plane's going to be late. So I could be like, oh, well, I got a little bit extra time before and, and plan to do some other things. Again, for flight anxiety, multiple sources to confirm things is a good thing. But if Google can get ahead of it and give you a heads up, not necessarily a bad thing. For those that don't know, by the way, Chris is eight foot five. So flying for him these days is like putting a large loaf of bread in a little number two pencil thing. It's it's incredibly difficult. So it's like is, sitting like this in a plane. Yeah, he, he's starting to get flight anxiety from the seat space. <laughs> I do want to say that Google has done me well with flight notifications before. I've had a couple of times where they've notified me and um, like I just had a few months ago where they did a gate change. Uh, there was a gate change and I was in the airport. I got the notification before I heard it within the airport. Uh, the other thing as well was last year, I actually had a flight that was canceled. I was scheduled for like a three or four o'clock flight and they sent me the notification. Um, I knew the weather was bad. I was refreshing the Air Canada website and the local airport website, constantly checking it and there was no changes on there. And then I got the notification from Google before those pages updated. So then I was able to go and book alternate transportation. So uh, Google's done me well. So I actually have good faith in them for this. And I think, like you said, multiple sources helps, but this would be a really good thing to keep your eye on if you are going to be traveling or you do travel a lot. I don't see the need to be the first person to be notified because, as anybody knows, the beginning of about half of the good Hallmark holiday channel movies are when somebody misses a flight That's and has fair. to stay somewhere. So I think, you know, it's just a good path to be on to follow one of the plots of those movies <laughs> all right fair enough you love your hallmark movies what I was i thinking about wanting to be prepared versus <laughs> potentially living out a hallmark movie 
Exactly. I mean, it's everybody's dream, right? Evidently. As long as I end up kissing in the snow, preferably with Chris Farrell. Well, I mean, all you had to do was ask. All right. Well, moving on (laughs) to our extra, extra section here. First up, it looks like we have a little bit of news coming out of the world of Netflix. This is something that um, was kind of been rumored, but it's gone back and forth a little bit. The whole Daredevil cancellation, people have been questioning who exactly was behind it. Did Marvel give their sort of leverage? Did they lean on some stuff to get the cancellation? Was it fully Netflix? There's been official stories that have come out saying Netflix, but there have been rumors that maybe not so much, that maybe there was some Disney pressure put in it. Well, it's looking like uh, more and more it is stacking up to be sort of Netflix because we did have an interview with Amy um, Rupert, which or Rupert, I should say, which plays what's her name over there? Foggy's girlfriend. What's her name? Oh, I don't remember her name. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the the blonde, the lawyer. Yeah. Um, they called him Foggy Bear all the time. Yeah, we got. I want to see M something. Marcy. Like Marcy. 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 Yes. She said, we had heard rumors we would start production as early as February 2019. It's a little unusual to be that far ahead in planning and cancel the show, which makes me think Netflix was laboring over whether or not to cancel it. My guess was that it was not an easy decision. So that's one of her quotes. And it just sort of stems the idea that, yeah, it was just Netflix doing it. I've said it before. I think there are some ulterior motives behind Netflix canceling. Um, I think that there's some good reasons with Disney pulling all sorts of stuff. But in any case, uh, if you were wondering what Marcy was saying, because Marcy, she's the, the queen on that show. That's what she said. This is no different than the other news stories that have come out in the past at all. It might be good corroboration, but the official story has been out. Netflix was solely responsible for the renewal or cancellation of any of these Disney slash Marvel, either of those companies did not have anything to do with it directly. And we, we've all postulated stuff and I've had a whole segment on, on the bubble podcast episode 32 on this as well. If you want to hear how my theories are on it and we'll talk about it in a future episode of legends of shield, but yeah, it is all been Netflix. I, I think this is non news, at least for me, because I follow this sort of stuff but for somebody that doesn't maybe they might still be in that conspiracy theory zone saying oh disney had a say no disney didn't have a say in directly in it at yeah. least and buying what the man's selling hey that's what you do you buy what the man is selling it checks out i mean if if you look at all of the things surrounding it the daredevil cancellation was a netflix decision and chris you're actual explanation of it is is chief they want their own content that they are producing and that they can have all the revenue from their content it's a lie it's all a lie like the moon landing and the and the earth being round this from a canadian i'm i wow end Uh, of the year he gets testy you know i only have a few more minutes here to just be just a complete you know what? I got to do it. You know, once a year, I got to got to do it. Oh, wait, it's all the year. Moving on to the next extra extra news point we have here. If you want to head over to geeks.link slash fake faces, that's geeks.link slash fake faces. You're going to see some faces of people. Now, the fun thing about the faces of said people is they're fake. 
as the link says, fake faces. NVIDIA recently showcased a new AI algorithm that is making some very realistic fake faces. Now, this is, I think, really interesting because of the fact that the technology isn't using the traditional manner of sort of compositing of a bunch of different faces together to make a face. What they're doing is basically coming up with different concepts of sort of categories that faces have basically three basic styles, coarse, middle, and fine styles to sort of compose those together and thus make a fake face. Now, if you scroll through and you look at the video that's on that page, yeah, you can see there's definitely some signs that they are fake, but from a distance, you know, they're pretty convincing. And I think what will be interesting will be to see what these sort of transfer in in future years to video, because we've seen some amazing development within the last five, 10 years with CGI and human um, composites. And this is just another example on where we could be going so that in the future, all of the Hollywood movies will be as good looking as the CGI on this show, because we have been doing fake faces on this show for many, many years. It's true. This is great. I, so instead of blurring out a stuntman's face, you can actually put the face on of a fake AI, which is looks like the same actor. Well, the thing that I think is interesting is like they've done that sort of compositing with stunt people before you know that i remember being so amazed that they did that with jurassic park because there's an infamous scene where the stunt person for the uh the the girl accidentally looks up and it was the shot that they wanted so they had to composite uh the actress's face on there but it's been very time consuming and like you said now you see so much blurring happening because it's so easy for them to motion track and stuff if this gets to the stage where it's as easy as blurring wouldn't you rather see like a a 90%, even an 80% realistic looking facsimile of the actor or actress versus the blur, which is so obvious? I would. I'd rather see the fake face. Sure, why not? Some of these eyes are off, though, if you're yeah. watching the video. Like the left eye, if you're looking, well, if you're looking at it, it's the right eye, but it, it's the left eye is often canted in. Like it's, it's looking to the side, it's yes. skewed, but the right eye is straight ahead and it's just, it looks weird. It does, but it's better than a lot of what we've seen so far. And in that scenario that you set up stunt people, I think that that's a really, really good use of something like this. If it works out. Yeah. Cause they don't need to see, right. They just need to look like they're acting or the action is fine. Who cares where their eyes are pointed? Exactly. So I wanted to share that. And again, if you want, that's www.geeks.link slash fake faces. Also in the extra, extra lastly here, it looks like Android's Google Maps sharing menu is being changed, which is good because I think Chris actually mentioned this before was that there was an old share sheet function within Google Maps and it was slow and chunky. I remember you telling me something in there and I want to say it was this, Chris. This is something that Google has been promising to fix forever. The the logic and the in, and how they code the sharing features has pretty much been the same since Android 4 is what I'd read at one point in time. Maybe it's Android 5 and it's super slow. Like when you hit the share button, everything just kind of churns to a halt as it goes and populates that screen, pauses, finishes populating, and then you select where to share it to. So Google's been promising for a bit to get around to doing it, and I'm happy to hear that they're 
still targeting doing that. So maybe in Android 10, we'll have a version that doesn't suck of the share button. Yeah, well, this is saying that it's actually maybe starting to roll out to some devices. So we'll God see. Willing. We'll see what happens. But I wanted to mention it because I remember somebody and I was pretty sure it was you had mentioned it before. And yeah, it was terrible. It, I don't know how they had it for so many years. So broken. But they do say it will be much faster. So let us know if you've seen that on yours. As we know, with Google features, they do roll out slowly. And just because you have it now and someone else does doesn't mean that you won't have it in two weeks. We've seen this this happen not only by region, but just by user. They are notorious for rolling things out. Chris Farrell, do you actually have your dark phone app yet? I know I got that before you. I do have the dark phone app. Awesome. Awesome. So there you go. That's going to wrap it up for the news. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some highlights and lowlights of 2018. As the year comes to a close, we wanted to pick out some highlights and lowlights from the past year and also some honorable mentions. And most of these we'll have talked about on the show, but we want to sort of reflect a little bit on how we felt at the time and how we feel now. So we've developed a few different categories and we're just going to go ahead and run through our personal lists. I'm going to go ahead and start us off here and say that One of my highlights that I have was the fact that Google Pixel continued to make software improvements with their Pixel line and ones that continue to actually matter on a real world case. This is one of the things that I was worried about when I first got my Google Pixel one because they had just closed down Nexus and this was sort of a brand new thing. Were they going to continue the evolution of all of these devices? And we saw that with the software roll through 2018, that they did make software improvements. And one of the big highlights was the camera night site, which recently came out. It makes a massive difference when you are taking dark pictures. And it's a good example of them leveraging that pixel camera app that they're so well known for the processing. As well, they are rolling out some features like call screening. Chris Farrell, I know you also wanted to talk briefly about this. So call screening is delightful. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's a feature they rolled out so that when you get a call now, there are three buttons on your screen, accept, reject, and call screen. And what call screen does is you hit the button, the Google Assistant basically comes up and says, hi, I'm the Google Assistant. I'm taking this call for uh, whatever your name is. Can you just call and explain what's going on? And then you see in real time what the person is saying to Google Assistant transcribed on screen. There are buttons for you to ask for additional information or to say this person's not available right now or to just take the call. It's delightful for taking a call from a number you don't recognize. I, I love it. I've used it a couple times. I used it on one of my good buddies just to screw with him one point in time. <laughs> and he just started cussing at it and stuff like that. And I'll be danged if it didn't transcribe all those curse words and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. We don't have it in Canada yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I really am because I think it's a really good addition. Yes. And as for Night Sight, uh, it's huge. The It's a proof of concept for stuff that Google is probably going to push further. You don't have to have the killer massive six different sensors to capture a picture at night. 16 you lenses. Have good yeah, 16 lenses. You got to have good software. And Google's proving that with their software, they can use their one lens 
and get a better night photo than you do out of like some of the iOS ones that have two sensors to capture better information at night, stuff like that. It's it's huge. It's potentially a transformative thing in the world of cell phone photography. Agreed. Also on my highlight list, I'll just go ahead and churn through a few more of these before I turn it over to Chris and SP. I uh, will say the Disney Fox thing. Definitely a highlight because we started off the year with worries that there was going to be Comcast coming in and possibly upsetting that bid because I think that happened to the end of 2017 with Disney and Fox. But we had that pull through. They did outbid Comcast and thank Crom, we did not end up with Comcast winning that. So that was a big highlight for me. Yes, we haven't seen the fruits of that labor yet, but that's okay. We are going to get there. We've already seen some ancillary happenstance around that. The Fantastic Four is back in Marvel Comics. That's fair. That's fair. That is a good point. Um, I hadn't thought about that. That's really, really good indication of what is to come. Another thing that was a highlight of mine was that Patrick Stewart's returning to Trek. Yes, this was such a good thing for Trekkies, especially people who were disappointed with Discovery last year. We have Patrick Stewart returning to Trek. He's posted photos and we're so excited to see the next chapter of Jean-Luc Picard. And uh, you can't have whatever. You can't have this without Encounter at Farpoint or whatever it was that we were saying. <laughs> it's true. Without Encounter at Farpoint, you would not have Patrick Stewart as Captain Jean-Luc Picard and he could not be returning to Trek from that. Now, he could be entering Trek, but he could not be returning Love to be real though about this. This is something that has really sparked that that love that many Trekkies had with Trek because a lot of them just weren't feeling it with the movies or the Discovery, you know. But this is something that the news of this is just continuity within what we know, and so it is something that it gives a lot of people who are diehard Trekkies a reason to have faith. Funny that you should mention all that. I would include cbs all access as being the sole place where you can get this stuff as being a detriment matter of fact last weekend when my family was here my dad was well we got the the stupid little hallmark ornaments with uh, the star trek discovery it's my mom passed a couple of those out so yeah i've got one and they said oh have you seen the show and i said no i haven't and my dad's like no, i haven't either how do you watch it and i see it cbs all access you have to pay for it he's like i'm not gonna watch that so i'm not the only one yeah um maybe you just need to go ahead and get yourself uh a vpn let's go ahead and do that <laughs> then i have to pay for the vpn <laughs> i'm paying for it one way or the other yeah but it's probably cheaper for a vpn <laughs> Probably. Uh, another highlight that I had was actually, and I won't get into, I won't say all of Avengers just because of the fact that there were some issues with it, but I do think that the Guardians of the Galaxy element within Avengers was awesome. They, it was one of the new stories we talked about was the fact that they just hit it spot on with their tone in Avengers. I think that it was like the Guardians of the Galaxy in Avengers. And there was such potential for them to have dropped that and lost the fun nature of the Guardians. And I thought that that was definitely a highlight was the fact that they actively had that written for, by you Guardians Galaxy. Do you realize that's not going to happen again? I mean, it might I happen understand. in Endgame, but it's not going to happen after that. Because I think not, they shot 
Endgame before the whole event happened. But it's my my highlight of 2018. All right, it's 2018 highlight. Bert, 2018 Bert highlight. It won't be a 2019 <laughs> highlight. You know, before I get to my last highlight, I want to go ahead and say a shocking one. The shocking one that I have was Movie Pass. Movie Pass was a highlight of 2018. Why you was that a highlight? Stole that from me. That, well, because that was he's so thankful cool. for the show content. That's why it's a highlight. One hundred percent put that on my list for that reason. Because Chris <laughs> Farrell, we got to SP and I got to sit back and watch Chris Farrell suffer and have all of his predictions come true with Movie Pass. So that was definitely a highlight. Though? I said, ride the wave, and I'll be <laughs> damned if I didn't ride that wave. So that was one of my highlights, because that was really the saga of the year. SP, you said you had that on your list. Go ahead and chime in on that. Of course. I, you know, it was so fun watching this implode, because you totally knew they can't make any place that tries to say we can make money from something that you scratch your head and go, I don't understand why you're making money on this. So either they have a secret way that they're making money off of it, or like movie pass they're not and they think they can and this just venture capitalism gone wrong and then they end up folding so yeah it w- it was fun watching this implosion occur and yeah I, they they didn't get any of my money any of my personal data they didn't get any of that they just got to fold actually i think they're still in existence but it's like ridiculous to actually use it yeah uh I just hope that there's something that happens that this carries through to 2019 because I just want to hear Chris talk more about it. I'm not a subscriber One anymore. I have minimal time. comments about it. Well, oh, no, that's okay. They'll re they'll exactly. resubscribe you. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to my last highlight, let's talk briefly here or get to Stargate Pioneer's highlight list. What do you got, SP? I had real fun learning about, and it wasn't just like going to the store and getting a drone because I took a couple of classes and stuff. I learned how to fly drones. I learned what they're used for nowadays, learned that they're not just toys, learned that they're actual production machines, but they can be fun toys. Like those big, huge boats, right? They, they can be fun cruising machines or they can actually be like, I don't know, crab fishing boats or something like that. that that's what drones are right now. And I, I just love that I got in on this crest and I like that I could talk about it on the Gonna Geek show. So that was good. Another one, which I think we all had fun with, was Spaceman and the Falcon 9 heavy launch. That was just amazing to watch, amazing to be a part of from a, a fan standpoint and just watch the public just get super excited about a dumb stunt throwing a convertible into space. That was awesome. I'll admit, I, I totally dropped out on the, on that there. I forgot. And yeah, that definitely would have been on my highlights for sure. One of the top. It was one of the most fun, captivating, uh, engaging things from space within the last, let's say, 10 years. Another thing that I had personal fun with kind of along the drones lines is I created my own outdoor theater and I used it several times and it was great to be able to watch some of these great movies that we're talking about with Marvel and stuff outside on a good theater system and not just like, gosh, I'm dating myself here, but those old projectors that they used to use in grade school. And I'm so glad that I got to experience that this year. I'm picturing SP dressed as a monkey manually moving a projector. That's what I'm picturing right now. I like they did. 
do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's something on your list here that I, I I don't recognize it, but you you've got three exclamation points on it. I never heard of this. What is this? <laughs> the Expanse was saved. It went three seasons, and Sci-Fi canceled it because they didn't have the distribution rights. Goes back to the conversation we were having before about Daredevil. The Expanse was a key actual show on cable. I was just going to say on broadcast TV, but it wasn't broadcast that they only had the rights to broadcast it once. And then all the streaming rights went to Amazon. So it was just, it made sense that sci-fi canceled it and made sense that Amazon picked it up to develop it, to film it, and then to have it on their streaming service. And I'm so glad they saved it because in my opinion, it's the best show on TV other people might argue, but it is literally a really good show. And for those that have not seen The Expanse, you happen to have Amazon Prime, go and watch a few episodes. I would say watch at least, I think it's four or five episodes. You have to get to the episode titled C, C, is it CCQ, CQB, CQB, get to that episode and if you're not bought in then, then don't worry about it. But if you're bought in after that episode, you know what I'm talking about. And the show just keeps getting better. I cannot wait for season four. This is amazing, guys. I never thought I would get anything like this in my lifetime. And we're getting it now. So kudos on creating such a great show. Kudos on Amazon for saving it. And yeah, bye-bye, sci-fi. As soon as Killjoys is gone, I will no longer be watching any show on your network. Serious question for you, though. Um, Can you give the premise of... The Expanse. So The Expanse is what would actually happen to humanity once we've colonized the inner solar system. It's a realistic look at that. So you get the actual space travel that would occur, what it's like, the weightlessness, the time involved and that sort of thing. And then what the geopolitical state was at the same time. And then you throw in a little sci-fi aspect of it of, uh, I'm not going to say anything because I'll give it away to somebody that hasn't seen it yet but you throw in a little sci-fi a little mystery there and a lot of action and it's it's incredible it's like bsg meets aliens meets um uh some discovery like starman or something like that it, it, it's a bad pun there but it it's amazing piece of writing uh it's not just a sci-fi thing it's a great thing on humanity the acting is exceptional the writing is exceptional and the production is exceptional. So if you want to see something like that, I believe it's set in like 2149, if I'm not mistaken. It starts off then. So that's the time frame that we're talking about. And it is about where Elon Musk basically wants to go in the future. Well, thank you for that. Chris Farrell, what do you have on your highlights list? So I want to talk about some gaming stuff because it's been a really good year to be a gamer. Uh, let's, I'm not going to be able to mention all of these great games that came out, but here's some examples of some really good games that came out this year. God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, which side note, made me buy a PlayStation 4, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Red Dead Redemption. These are all games that take 20 plus hours on the low end to beat that are critically acclaimed, great graphics, great gameplay, stuff like that. It, I cannot believe how much good stuff came out this year. It has just made my backlog of shame even larger of all the <laughs> games I need to play. It, it's baffling to me. Uh, also, let's stay on the gaming front. Microsoft and Nintendo playing nice in regards to cross-platform play. 
I think this is a big story. We touched on it a few times. Right now, on an Xbox and a Switch, you have cross-platform play with PC for Minecraft, Fortnite, and Rocket League. These are all pretty good competitive games out there. You see them a lot on Twitch, on YouTube gaming, things like that. Now, Sony did eventually play nice on some stuff, but we'll touch on that later. But the fact that these companies are playing nice and both companies have said they're open to continuing to have cross-platform play between them, this is huge. It is potentially a great way to force a shift in the gaming industry. It's just there seems to be one company that's kind of resistant to it at this point in time. But what we'll company that is that? Later. What company? Well, we'll wait until later. We'll wait. Until okay, later. fair enough. And we'll wait. Until later. So another thing that we've got to say as a highlight, there's been some really good geek movies this year. Some that supposedly were getting preliminary Oscar buzz, Black Panther and Avengers 3. Both were getting Oscar buzz there. I'd seen something on Twitter about best visual effects for Avengers 3, and there was talk of Black Panther potentially going in for best picture. We all knew it wasn't going to happen. The Academy talked about making up their own new category that was basically for Black Panther to win, then canceled it. There's also Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is really good. And Aquaman has potential, it looked like to me. Now, if you go online, it seems to be hit or miss. Half people hate it, half people love it. But it looks like it could be fun. And hey, Jason Momoa is fun. I want it to do well, if only for him. You're right. He is good looking. Oh, that's not well, what you said. Th there's also that, too. My fiance was commenting about the fact she's heard so many women say they wanted to go see that movie <laughs> because Jason Momoa is so good looking. And I was like, well, so are all Marvel's Chris's also. If you think about Evans, Hemsworth all and the like. You've been Pratt. saying it wrong, Chris. Obviously, you need to listen to some more Tyrion's Landing because it's not Jason Momoa. It's. Momoa. <laughs> my bad. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, last thing I had in my list of highlights here. Let's get a little tech specific. I do the video production for Starling Tribune and for All Things Good Nerdy. We broadcast those live. I'd been using Open Broadcast Studio, which is a freeware software. This year, I gave Streamlabs version of OBS a try, which imported all of my scenes and things like that. Minus one hiccup, which I think is more a result of a Windows update. Streamlabs OBS has been remarkably solid for streaming out the shows that I live broadcast. I really like it. I think it's a smoother interface than actual Streamlabs, and it's updated more frequently. So kudos to the team over at Streamlabs that has their forked version of OBS. I really like it a lot. I, I'm not going to go and do vMix because obviously I can't afford that. Yes. And XSplit for some reason my computer doesn't play nice with. But Streamlabs OBS, I'm a fan of it. Awesome. Sounds like you got yourself a good list there. I do. Uh, okay, so we alluded to my last highlight that I have, which is actually Skype 7 adding NDI to it and also built-in call recording. These are some things that from a producer perspective and a podcaster perspective was definitely good features to have is to have NDI being able to send the stream into that video switching software that Chris just spoke about and also not having to use a third party to recall or record the calls. With that said, my first low light is Skype 7 NDI and the call <laughs> recording because of the fact that it was so poorly executed. Even the recording is really ridiculous. Um, a lot of podcasters who use the recording function of third party apps to record Skype, they want to have the track separated. So what they are saying into the microphone or into this, into their side of the conversation and the other side of the conversation, call recording doesn't do that. It merges it all together, at least at this time it does. 
The NDI edition is ridiculously bloated for what it is. I've used NDI on some other areas, and quite honestly, it shouldn't be as bloated as it is. It's unbelievable how much CPU those Skype sessions used, and they basically just disregarded altogether a lot of ways. And I think I said Skype 7, it's Skype 8. Uh, they've disregarded a lot of the ways that people did use Skype previously because of the fact that they've just changed some watermarks, they've changed some way that the video shows and you can't capture it uh, in the same sort of manner. So really they just kind of disregarded a lot of what people were using Skype before. So anyways, it's a highlight and a low light for me. That's fair. Moving on in my low light list, we're gonna knock out this one out here. I'll say it, the Google Pixel 3 overall was a low light for me. Uh, aside from the software that I talked about earlier, the fact that it was leaked so much, they did such a poor job of trying to um, make a new phone that you ended up with quite a fractured difference between the Pixel uh, 3 and the Pixel 3 XL. And just overall, the additions that they all offered to the hardware itself were pretty underwhelming as a whole. But at least its keynote introduction wasn't as bad as this year's Apple phone release. Fair enough. Another low light that I have, I got to mention this, was the whole Intel meltdown slash Spectre thing. Oh, there was the vulnerability found on Intel and AMD hardware about the same time. And the best part about that was it was everything. There was no getting away from there. It was absolutely everything. And yes, Spectre ended up being harder to execute on, but the vulnerability was a real thing for both Intel and AMD proce uh, processors. And this was, of course, discovered by the Google Project Zero. The second to last thing that I've got here is that the OnePlus phones, those were something that we were all excited about about a year or so ago. Well, guess what? They just screwed the DRM so much on it that you have to physically mail back your phones to be able to watch HD content. This was a real big mistake by them, which is probably why they're kind of not as much being talked about anymore. And lastly, my ultimate low light goes to Amazon and the whole ALEXA infrastructure up in Canada. <laughs> They've just not, they keep rolling out great features to the US, but as a Canadian, I'm constantly neglected. There are many things that I still don't have that you probably talked about nearly a year ago, Chris and SP. So I will give them one of the top marks within my low lights category because they need to get better at Canadian support. All right. What's available in the United States is pretty good, though. So if they can transfer that to Canada, I think you'll be loving your devices even more. Agreed. Stargate Pioneer, what do you have in your low lights? I have a few. First one was very expensive for me, and it was the new HVAC system. Yes, it is techy as I'll get out. Yes, it's more efficient. Yes, I'm glad I have it. I did not want to pay for that thing. And the inconvenience that it caused me over those two weeks or so, it's, oh, that was just bad. We did talk about it on the show, which is why I'm bringing it up here. But ugh. another thing that happened is I needed a new laptop a year before the cycle was that I would normally get it. And I just wish that my laptop could have lasted another year. That was a low life for me. Uh, and then... Okay, guys, I know this is very specific to you because you love talking about this. I hate any, I don't care what brand it is. I hate the notch. 
hate the notch. I don't care what phone it is. Get rid of the notch. I do not like the notch. I realize the technical capability of why people are having the notch because they have to put that dang speaker. If you're using it as a phone right there, there's no other place to put it. Fine. Then just don't put any screen around. I don't need screen or just make the notch or not the notch, but the lip a little small at the top of the rest of the phone. That's fine. I hate the notch. Do not get rid of the notch. Don't want the notch. <laughs> there's one notch that I do like, and it's the nacho. Right, I went there. <sighs> Nacho cheese, right? All right. Another low light of 2018, and this is kind of continuing. We've talked about it all year, is all the personal information leaks and hacks. We hear about a new one every other week, and it's just like, uh, it's it, it's the stereotypical Chris facepalm when you're doing that because basically all your data is out there for everybody to see. And it, it's just annoying that this continues. I know we talked about it already, but the end of the Defenders, that's what I'll call the Daredevil cancellation sure. is the end of the Defenders. And that's, it's just, it's a low light to me because I think it could have been handled differently. It's obvious what they're trying to do now. I think it's obvious both Jessica Jones and the Punisher, once they air about 30 days later, they will be announced as canceled. Absolutely. If that. Yeah. And the final thing is really guys, $1,500 for a smartphone. Ugh. I just, it's stupid and there's going to be a revolt. We've already seen the low sales from Apple out of this whole thing from the XR and the XS. So I think Apple is going to think long and hard about either what sort of revolutionary capabilities that they're going to put in for 15 to $1,700 next year, or they're going to scale back the cost of the damn phones next year, which is what I hope that they do. Otherwise I see Android just dominating the like the pixel 4 is just going to dominate the iphone next year well we'll see depends on its price point too that's yeah. the problem they keep, keep crawling up uh what do you got for your little lights there chris farrell the playstation mini uh they didn't do great ports of the games there were different uh, different uh refresh rates and stuff like that because some of them were the ntsc ports some were the pal ports it's kind of odd how the console's been out less than a month and there were already sales today where it was take 25 bucks off a PlayStation Mini as part yeah. of the sale. And Amazon even had one where it was 25 bucks off plus a $25 gift card. So not looking great. However, comma, it does look like it is a modder's paradise because you can pretty much hack it and be able to play additional PlayStation ROMs because they took an open source ROM player and basically put it on the PlayStation Mini. <laughs> Of course they did. Uh, yeah, let, let's keep uh, keep the hits coming for Sony because I was complaining about them earlier. We hinted at it. Sony's cross-platform standoffishness is what I want to call this. Nice. Sony took a big beating earlier this year because it came out that if you had ever played Fortnite with your Epic account on a PlayStation 4 and then you tried to log into your Switch or your Xbox, you were blacked out. You could not do it because of rules that had come into place on that. And then just the general fact that there was no crossplay available between those devices. Sony would only crossplay with PCs, and they spun it as we need to ensure that people on our network are safe from those that would pretty much foul language concerns and things like that, which <laughs> has no bearing considering Nintendo, who's the most child friendly one out there, decided they'd go in. Eventually, they did cave and put it out as a beta feature, and now Fortnite is crossplay across all of these systems. However, Rocket League, Minecraft, things like that are not yet. Sony is taking kind of a standoffish view because 
They're in the first place position. There's absolutely no reason for them to want to do this because it gets rid of a competitive advantage. That being said, I think it's crap. I think crossplay should exist. And I hope that Microsoft and Nintendo continue to push it hard so that we get more instances of gamers' voices having to be heard and making crossplay happen. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, good point there about the whole Sony back pedaling a little bit there because it does show that maybe, maybe, maybe we it, can make this happen. Fortnite is huge. They had no choice considering Fortnite's everywhere. Kids are playing it everywhere. They're playing it on cell phones. They're playing it everywhere they go. They're watching esports Fortnite. Sony had to change their opinion there. <laughs> the closer these platforms get to a true PC gaming platform, I think the more interoperability you're going to see across the platforms, but the infrastructure has got to be there in order to do it. Not just the infrastructure to make the connections, but the throughput for the connections. Cause you're, if you're talking everybody that has a copy of the game on every platform is going to be able to, to log in and, and play anybody else. And that's a lot of bandwidth that's changing servers at that point and yeah. rapidly because this is real time gaming. So we'll see mm -hmm. how this goes. I think eventually we're going to get there, but I think we're a few years off of that. What else do you have on your list? So we touched on a little bit, but the cancellations you're starting to see coming out of Netflix because they're wanting to clean house to their own properties, Daredevil, but also American Vandal, which had won awards, was a very good mockumentary series. Season two, I think, was better than season one. It also got canceled and also another boo to sci-fi because they canceled Face Off. Yes, I probably shouldn't be upset. It made it 13 seasons, but it still had a pretty heavy fan base and they canceled the last show I cared about on their network. What else you got? Next up, uh, we've talked about it. Suncast, you share this pain with me. The Orville was delayed until January 2019 because Fox picked up the Thursday night football contract. I know I had concerns about the fact of, oh, geez, there was only like 12 episodes of season one. They took almost a full year off to come back for season two. The silver lining is they've been promoting the hell out of it yes. on TV, things like that. And there are reports, I haven't been able to get great confirmation of it, that supposedly Fox has given a preliminary green light to season three of the Orville. So if that's the case, they are behind it despite this delay. And I'm cautiously optimistic for the future of it. I am too. And I got to say, it's smart if they are doing this because like you've got Patrick Stewart coming back to Trek. So they should keep on top of their sci-fi property and lock it in so that they at least have something to try to compete when that comes out because it is, the timing will probably work out pretty close together. That's true too. One of the lowlights that I wanted to talk about that I didn't and I considered talking about it was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. push off until the summer of 2019. It's very similar to your Orville news point. In retrospect, we all understand why they did it because they didn't want to interface with the stupidity of the Infinity War to Endgame Avengers saga going on we've already seen how the films that have come out aren't all that great uh in, in terms of continuity because of that or they're they are great because of the continuity because of it but i think the what infinity war put in place put an unrealistic expectation on agents of shield and then you're just in a point where you're waiting a year and a half for the stupid next uh season to come out i, I just don't think that's great for the fans and I don't think ABC could do anything about it, but it is what it is. And in this case, Fox, when they picked up the stupid football, and I will say stupid football because there's just way too much of it on every single freaking night now. So 
uh, I think that is hurting shows like the Orville. And what did you have lastly there, Chris Farrell? Final thing. This is something that has hurt all of us on this uh, show and probably on the network and probably everyone who's watching the show live right now. Windows updates suck in 2018. Yes. Uh, it what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the audio listener, SP just made his camera dark. It regularly breaks my audio setup in Streamlabs OBS. And if there's an update and I forget to change it, none of my audio works and I don't know it. But in general, a problem for everyone is the updates that have been coming out are broken. They've been deleting files on people's computers and they've been breaking a bunch of stuff. So Microsoft, you got to stop doing this. There were like three updates in a row that were causing problems for people. This cannot be happening, especially if you as you've transitioned into this Windows as a service model. You cannot do this to us. Yes. All right. Well, lastly, we'll just bolt through a couple honorable mentions. Uh, my honorable mentions that I have here are largely just related to the show. I kept my other stuff mostly news related, except for Movie Pass because that had to be a highlight. Uh, <laughs> Harmony Hub issues. We all had them one day, and it was it was crappy, but we were a support group for each other and could come together to help each other out. Uh, my brother came on the show definitely uh, was a highlight for sure but uh, again it was a news point to release and showcase my custom mic flag that I have if you've ever seen the video side of things fantastic an addition that is wonderful to my podcast setup also the drone talk that we have had uh, that's just been a lot of fun back and forth I know we've talked about it a little bit. I've gotten into drone flying too. I don't talk about it as much with SP because SP covered a lot of the basic stuff that I think we needed to be covered. So there's really no point in rehashing that. Uh, also, Chris's whole home entertainment upgrades was really enlightening to me. I have to say that I didn't know a lot about Dolby Atmos before, and he really educated me on that. I went and I did the trial on Windows with just a regular pair of headphones, just, you know, some sure SRH440s, and it was awesome. I, I, very jealous of your ability to invest in that. And lastly, of course, all of the guests that we've had on this show deserve an honorable mention. And there's been some really good stories that have come out. And just a couple that I'll mention is like my brother came on here and mentioned the whole NES reverse emulator that I hadn't heard about. Suncast came on, talked about some color x-rays. Michelle has done the Academy Award roundup again. And there's just been so, so much more. So Really, thank you to all the guests that have come on this year. SP, what honorable mentions do you have? Well, you just reminded me of another guest we had on. We had Andrew Zarian. who talked about the whole podcasting thing. That was pretty cool. And then my very own son, Sandrock, was on the show again just because he was a hurricane refugee. And he literally was for a month, a hurricane refugee. And it was great to have him on the show. Chris Farrell, do you have any last honorable mentions? Uh, just in passing, uh, the Google call screening, Stephen mentioned is one of his highlights. It's definitely an honorable mention for me. So thank you to everybody that has made this an awesome year. I really do appreciate that. And I want to say that uh, for everybody who's checked out the live stream, it's really, really awesome that we've had you come out to the live stream. We do record this Mondays at geeks.live. And as far as I know, we're going to continue doing that into 2019. Again, if you miss it at the top of the show, it'll be the second week in January. So the week of January 2nd that, or 7th that we will end up being back. Chris Farrell, Stargate Pioneer. Thank you very, very much. 
I really appreciate everything that you've done for the show. You have been fantastic. It's always a highlight of my week to do this. So thank you. Hey, it's been a blast. Thanks for putting all the production work into this. Yeah, this is definitely a flagship show of the network for a reason. And it's mostly because Mr. Steven has a great production value. And and might I add, some of the production value is due to something that the rest of the network came together and and did for Steven to enable some of the stuff that's going on right now. And I just want to say a big thank you to everybody on the network. Uh, and it's an honor to be on the same network as you. And your support was amazing this past week and, or year. And I really look forward to what everybody has in store for 2019. I'm listening to the some of the last shows out of the year, like uh, On the Bubble or uh, Just One More Fix or um, In Defense Of or uh, Dad.io or Daddio. And it's just amazing <laughs> to what these people have in store for next year. And I just can't wait for 2019. For sure. Chris Farrell, any closing thoughts? It's been a bunch of fun this year. The network continues to grow. We get to meet a bunch of cool new people and make them part of our wild and crazy family here over at Gunna Geek. So thank you to everyone that's come and joined us this year. It's been a blast. And we look forward to chatting and hanging out with more with you guys in 2019 and beyond. Absolutely. So thank you to everybody on the network. Thank you to all the listeners, all the viewers. And always make sure you email us if you have any suggestions because you never know what's going to happen and where we can take your suggestions. Sometimes we might not put them where you want them. No, I'm just joking. But seriously, we do want your feedback and and let us know what exactly would you like to see because it is something that uh, we do value it and we definitely appreciate it. But there you go. So for episode number 269 of the official geek.com show, the last of the year, I'm Stephen John Drew saying thank you very much to everybody. I'm SP saying have a happy end to your 2018. Stay safe and we'll see you in 2019. I'm Chris saying happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever your chosen holiday and stay safe going into 2018 and then 19. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official gunageek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. Wow, there we go. It's in the books. Another another year of the GunnaGeek.com show. Can you believe a year already? 2018 is over. That's not by so fast. There was just so much going on this year. I just I can't believe 2018 is over. Yeah. It's just like yesterday it started. Yeah, but now we have a short break. So I hope that we get to do some non-podcast fun stuff over the break. 
I know that there's a lot of stuff that we have all had on our to-do list, and I hope that you guys get to that. Uh, Chris Farrell, do you have any ideas of what you might do during the break? Well, you know, I've talked about it. You guys have heard me ramble about it. I'm a big fan of the Amazon voice services devices. Sorry, I'm just trained not to say the A word. I know we're in post-show <laughs> stuff, but I don't want to trigger anyone's devices and get the hate email. But it talked about the fact that my fiance, she's all about the Google Home devices. She's got a couple Best Buy ones. We got some Google Home minis. In fact, I, I told Steven, he's pretty jealous about the fact I scored a pretty awesome deal on Google Home minis a few weeks back where we was paying literally like nine bucks a piece for each one. So what I'm thinking I might do because I want to figure out what's going to run my house best is kind of do a comparison between Google and Amazon and see which controls a smart house better. I, th I think it could be fun or it's going to cause me to spend a lot more money. <laughs> Probably the money. I'll go with the latter for sure. Uh, I am jealous though, because I've been saying for a long time on this very show that I wanted to go ahead and have one to do some comparisons, but I will live vicariously through you, Chris Farrell. That's okay. I'm fine to live without the Google ones right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good with the Amazon versions. I just put a couple more in my house, so I'm all good with that. Chris, you go have fun. I'm good with what I got. Man, I got dual voice assistants in my house right now. It's scary. Yeah. What are you going to do, SP? Well, you know, for me, it's all about the Hallmark Channel holiday movies, of course. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit behind this month because December has been god-awful busy. Oh, my gosh. And I just can't wait. Matter of fact, I got it set up about seven feet over that area. It's my great room entertainment center, and I'm going to just walk out the room and go and watch some Hallmark Channel before I head to bed. I got it all set up. It's, it's ready to go. I'm just, I can't wait to get to it. SP, we know you're watching movies. I'm going to be playing around with smart home devices. Steven, what kind of internet, non-internet, rather ridiculousness are you getting into? Uh, okay. Uh, check the time. Yeah, they should be in bed. Okay. I, I have a <laughs> Oh, this is ominous. Ooh. <laughs> I have a confession to make. Uh, okay. So we all know I am about the Christmas lights. I've had my Christmas lights out since Just November. Uh, Mike Tree, fun November, fact. November? Yeah. You've had them out since October. Pretty much. You just yeah. haven't turned them on. That's true. They were uh, Halloween lights back then. <laughs> okay. So my Christmas tree has not been up that long. It's only been about a week and a half now that it's been up and it's been bugging me like the last week and a half. Something's not right with it. And uh, I'll be honest, I think the kids made a mistake with it. I think they, <laughs> they screwed it up. Yep. Oh, no. So once they're in bed here, I know my wife's got something to watch on TV. I am going to go finish what I started before uh, I came down to record a couple hours ago and fix the tree because the tree is just it's not where it should be. Uh, I, I like my Christmas. I take it seriously. Not too seriously, though. And I'm, I'm I got to go finish the redecorating and hope they don't notice. So that's what I'm going to do today. Uh -huh. And then we'll see from there. I might have just a couple of brewskis. Uh, well, we'll see. We will see. Brewskis or eh? maple syrup? Because, you know, <laughs> the maple syrup will put you in a nice sugar coma and it'll probably be more drunk than alcohol for you. All right. Well, I just saw the time, so we should definitely get going. And thanks, okay. guys. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your 2018, and I hope you get what you want for Christmas. You too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, babe. I'm just going to finish decorating the tree like I was before the show.
Okay, I just gotta grab something. finish decorating this tree. Uh, first off, I think I see a nice little nook here for my IEM case. Oh, this ground loop isolator. I think it'd look really good next to this audio cable. And the fire stick remote. I think it complements that video cable quite nicely. Uh, before I get to that though, I know what this is missing. Take my Gonna geek business card and place that right on the drone. And lastly, I'll bet I could find a spot for this tablet that's constantly playing the Gonna Geek show. Oh, where can I put that here? Might have to wait. Might have to wait. dear I think I'm gonna try this Amazon and Google voice services test let's see how well these things really work so let's power these bad boys on hello Alexa how are you I am fantastic I'm a really amazing piece of technology that makes your life better in every way. I think you are a very handsome man, Chris Farrell. I love you. Merry Christmas. Ah, I love you too. Hey Google, how are you? I am terrible. I hate life and I hate you. I hope that your Christmas is terrible. Maybe you will be the one that is run over by a reindeer. Then I will marry your fiance and make sure she never remembers who you are. And I don't like your face either, Chris Farrell. I knew there was a reason I liked Amazon more. So looking forward to another Hallmark Channel holiday movie. It's the best part of Christmas. Such a good time to just unwind, enjoy a holiday beverage, and most importantly, disconnect from podcasting. The holidays can be a very special time. Trees are decorated, cities across the world are transformed, and Stephen's power bill goes through the roof lighting his Christmas lights. It can also be a very magical time of the year for some, such as how one podcaster experienced it just this past year. What the f from all of us here at the GonaGeek.com show, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And to the significant others of Stephen, Chris, and SP, thanks for putting up with their obsessions. They're very, very odd obsessions. Happy Holidays.
Oh, and we hope you have a wonderful 2019. We're pretty sure it'll be at least less disappointing for you than SP is feeling about his Hallmark movie right now.